Welcome, my fellow Armed Apes. I'm your host, Tony, also known as Armed Ape Number One, the original Armed Ape and King of all the Armed Apes. On the last show, I said I would do a review of the Safe Packer from Wilderness Tactical. We'll do that review a little later in the show. I didn't get any other reviews sent specifically on the Safe Packer, but I did get an email about an experience that one of our uh, fellow apes there had with the company. If you want to, uh, fuck. If you'd like to contact me and you want to say, That is awesome! Or you want to say, Ah, what a douche. You can do that at thearmedape at gmail.com. You can send in your reviews either by email, uh, mp3, or what I call in the YouTube format, so a video on YouTube that you've done. Or if you have ideas for gear reviews, go ahead and send that in. On the YouTube deal, if you you have that, if you've done one, just let me know the name of the channel and uh, the name of the video, and that way I'll be able to mention that on, uh, on our upcoming shows. Sometimes you may write in and I may hold your email or uh, review if you've done one for a while, but everyone that sends something in to contribute to the show, your stuff is going to get on the show. It may not be the very next show, but it'll get on. And I also try to write back to everyone who sends something in. It may take me a few days to get back to you, so I'm not blowing you off, but I, I will get back to you. Uh, let's go ahead and let's read some of our emails. And we had the first one I got was from John, and he wrote in about uh, putting in a Zoom subscription button on the site, which I've done. And he wrote back and said that it that it uh, that it was working. So hopefully that's working for everybody. But if if it doesn't, if somebody goes to the website, which is um, thearmedape.com, if you go there, you should see the iTunes and the Zoom. Uh, buttons and if they don't work just let me know but i'm i'm so retarded when it comes to all the web stuff and how to design it so it looks good Uh, so the site will probably never really be ultra shiny and slick and cool Uh, but if anybody out there would like to help me with some of that stuff uh, i'd gladly accept it Um, our next email is from Jerome and he writes in and he says I absolutely love the idea of user gear reviews for the Armed Ape podcast. I'll try to do one as soon as I find something interesting to review and he says how about putting a reference page to the review format described in your show and uh, I may try and do that I'm not exactly 100% sure how like I said I'm pretty retarded on this stuff but anyway getting back to his email he says he also enjoyed listening uh, to my to your wife's first shooting experience, I guess I'm pretty much lucky that my wife took to shooting right when we met. There was no resistance there whatsoever. I actually taught her to shoot. I know just about everyone, uh, every expert, excuse me, recommends against this, but everything seemed to have worked out. I also taught our son, now 10 years old, to shoot. In fact, I also saw, taught two guys from work and my wife's sister to shoot. Come to think of it, if I'm going to keep teaching people how to shoot, maybe I should get some education for myself. Maybe I should try to be an NRA certified instructor or an NSSF, which is a first strats instructor. Coincidentally, I also did a story about NRA's Women on Target for the Gun Rights uh, News, and that will be held on December. 
great minds think alike or something like that. Um, so the Jerome that Joe talked about, uh, where he talked about my wife's first experience uh, in shooting was episode 30 of Firearms Cafe, which is my other podcast. And that's part of the Gun Rights Radio Network. The segment that Jerome mentioned is he does a segment at the end of, uh, I think, the West Coast edition of Gun Rights, Gun Rights News. And you can, again, find that if you go over to Gun Rights Radio Network. Kind of speaking of that, I'm also going to be doing some segments for Alex and Alex Haddix. And he has a, a uh, podcast called Practical Defense Podcast. And, and uh, so there's just going to be just a buttload of content from me out on the interweb tubes. And again, the internet is not something that you just dump something on. It's not a big truck. It's, it's a series of tubes. Let's see. Let's look here. Okay, our next couple of emails uh, kind of deal with and are about getting out of debt, saving money, credit cards, things like that. And this one is from Jens in Germany. And he gives us uh, loads of tips for saving money and cutting costs. And so Yen wrote in and he said, There are a few other ways to save money day by day. Eating lunch at work. Quite a few companies have sponsored catering for their staff, which for me saves about a dollar per day. Cooking large batches and freezing individual portions. Since I don't start cooking chili unless I have room in the freezer for the two and a half gallons, it'll be about 10 liters that fit in my large pot. And the same with cabbage stew. Uh, buying batteries in bulk, you end up paying less than a quarter of what they cost individually packaged. Knowing when which store is having a sale, the co-worker who's going shooting with me every weekend is married to one of the workers at one of the local stores and a former neighbor works at another. Keeping an eye open for discarded deposit bottles, they're pure cash lying in the street and you can help clean up your city. Buying, this has to do with reloading, buying the powder that results in the most loads per package. N110 is great for 357, but you need twice as much as with N340. Uh, shopping for kitchenware at stores that supplies restaurants. I bought a wrought iron pan over a decade ago at about two-thirds the normal price, which is still like new, but requires careful maintenance. Tableware is even cheaper, although it's usually plain. Uh, pooling orders and splitting postage. I've been doing this for several years now. Knowing the regular prices. Some shops increase their prices for some products only to return them to normal on, their, uh, on following their sale. Comparing prices between shops, and he's seen differences of at least 20% within walking distance. If you can, walking instead of driving. He's a regular customer at most of uh, uh, grocery stores around his home. Substituting uh, windscreen wiper fluid with a mixture of tap water, rubbing alcohol, and dishwashing liquid. It's the same thing, only without the blue coloring. Um, he, says, he goes on to say that the nearest uh, gun shop is having a sale on one brand of small pistol primers until the end of the year, so he's going to add those to the cheap bullets he just picked up at another sale. About a third of the brass comes from another shooter who went out of reloading. He says he's the kind of sweet guy who gets taken advantage of again and again. Think Flanders lending stuff to Homer. So he was quite surprised when in return for all his brass he had given me, I gave him two boxes of hand loads the very next week. He even offered to pay for them, but I didn't let him. Uh, he's, 
talks about the co-worker that he took she he goes on to talk about a co-worker he took shooting a couple weeks ago uh, says that co-worker who tagged along a couple of weeks ago is still interested in shooting and when he mentioned his eight-year-old daughter he thought his eight-year-old daughter eight-year-old daughter was reading too much i need to learn how to talk and read um, so he looked through some of his old children's books, picking out two that might entice her to get out more often, perhaps even with her dad. He said those books have been gathering dust for quite some time now. Uh, he's always generous with all of the fresh fruit he's bringing to work, so I thought I'd be as generous with those books. Let's see. He said his mother used to have a bookshop before retiring, so he grew up with books and he still reads a lot. And all those are really good points. Uh, and those are all lots of little things that you can do, again, to save money uh, on a daily basis. And, you know, you may think, oh, well, they're only nickels and dimes, but that stuff adds up. And, you know, especially if you look in the long term. And if, and if our goal is to try and get out of debt and to stay out of debt, then any place where we can save money or, or cut some costs, it adds up. And especially when you're looking at a yearly budget type thing. Now, our next email is from Howard, and he said, I was listening to your latest podcast, and your reason for having a credit card does not hold water. You can have money saved up in a checking account with a debit card and use that for any car rentals or an emergency, just like you can with a credit card. I says, I know for a fact that they will accept a debit card just like they would for a credit card. You should always have an emergency fund of three to six months worth of living expenses, and this can be used for the above reasons. Most people that have credit card problems will continue to have problems if they keep the credit card. I really enjoyed the podcast and look forward to listening to more. And then I, I had wrote him back, and what I had asked him was, because I thought, well, maybe he's got a little bit different deal, but what I had asked him was, if what if that person only had... $50 in their checking account and only $30 in a savings account that's linked, would they still be able to use it if the deposit was $100 or something for the car? And uh, he actually wrote back and said, no, you wouldn't be able to use it if the money wasn't there. And that's what he was meant by having an emergency fund, which I agree with because then you don't have to any rights and then you don't have to pay on uh, depend on the credit card for emergencies it just becomes a vicious circle if you get the card then you're making payments and you don't have the savings he says i hope i didn't sound like a know-it-all i appreciate your stepping up and ta and talking against credit cards in the first place we depend on it way too much so let's talk about a couple of those things from howard and again i thought it was a really good email he said basically here's something you missed and he wasn't a dick about it he made his point, and it got me to think, you know, oh yeah, you could do that and be able to do everything with a debit card that you can do with a credit card as long as you have the money in your accounts. Now, I've gotten emails for Firearms Cafe, and you can tell that on some of those that they don't want to add anything, but they just want me to either back down or they want me to apologize for something that I said, or they want me to justify my position. Now, I'm the first guy, I'll admit if I've done something or said something wrong, if I got something wrong, but I won't ever back down or soft pedal what I believe in uh, just to make some douchebag out there feel validated because he doesn't, you know, he got his panties in a wad. If you guys have a suggestion for the show, and I'll listen to any suggestion, 
if it's good, I'll use it and I'll give you credit for it. And if it's not, I won't. And uh, just kind of move on from there. Um, but getting back to the credit card thing and the debit card thing, Howard makes a good point in that some people, they don't have the discipline to not use that card. If they have a card, they're going to use it. If you are that, if you're that person, number one, you need to realize that and you need to admit it. And then you need to cut them all up, cut up all your credit cards, pay them off and never, ever get one again. I don't feel that the idea of a credit card is a bad thing. However, what they have become for most people in the United States is a bad thing. They've morphed into a a must-have item. The companies themselves and the way that they do business is, is kind of a bad thing. And here's an example of how they operate. And this is something that most people who have a credit card don't think that their credit card company can do. So let's say that you have a pretty good credit rating and you always pay your bills on time. When you got your card, they gave you a decent interest rate. Let's say just an arbitrary number, 6%. And they told you, you know what, you're guaranteed this rate for one year. And six months goes by and you get your next bill and you notice that the interest rate is now 23%. And you say, what the hell is going on here? You call up the credit card company and you say, hey, 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 why is my rate so high? I'm guaranteed this this 6% for a year. And then they tell you, well, you were late on your payment. And you say, no, I wasn't late on, on any payment to you. I've always been on time. In fact, most of the time I pay it off a little early, before the due date. And they say, yeah, that's correct. But you were late on your payment to your cell phone bill last month. So now your credit score or how we rate you is different than when you first got the card and you no longer qualify for the 6% rate, and the new rate of 23% is what you get. Now, and they can do that, and it's perfectly legal because it's all in the fine print when you agree to the terms of having their card. So right then and there is when you realize that you put your nuts in a vice, and now they're going to tighten up that vice just a little. They're not going to crush your nuts, but they're going to squeeze them a little. And they do this to people every day all over the country because most people won't ever read any of the fine print. And if they they did, well, if they did, they probably would have second thoughts about getting a credit card under those conditions. You wouldn't agree to that. You wouldn't agree to something if they said, here's our card, here's your rate, this is locked in for you, unless you're late on your on on your mortgage, if you're late on your Sears card, if you're late paying your cell phone, if you're late paying your power bill, if you're or if you just made a mistake. Again, if this were to happen to you, you may be able to say to the credit card company, look, it was a one-time deal where I, I thought I'd paid the bill and I paid it right away. When the next one came, it was just a mistake. And they may be willing to knock it down, but it probably won't go back to that low 6% rate. Maybe they'll drop you down to 16%. And you're going to be happy to get it because it's not 23. And here's where they have you by the balls. If you have three to $5,000 on that card, they don't care if you say, if you don't drop my rate down, I'm going to cancel the card. You're still responsible for the debt. And you'll still pay that interest rate whether you cancel that card or not. If you only had a couple hundred bucks on the card, 
you may have more leverage because you can say, this is way too high, I'll pay the card off today and then I'm going to cancel it. And the reason I say that you may have some leverage is that it depends on if you carry a balance with them or not. If you're the kind of person who pays off the balance each month, then to them, you're not an ideal customer. You're not a good customer because they're not getting their bread and butter from you because they're not collecting interest from you. And they may say, fine, cancel the card. We don't get jack shit off your dumbass anyway. Now, they're not going to say it like that, but that's what they mean. It's a real topsy-turvy thing in that the more financially responsible you are, the less valued you are to them as a customer. And you know, I, I say all of this is to say that I don't think of credit cards as the great Satan. If you can, but you need to know what you're getting into if you get one. So if you can use them responsibly and you pay them off each month, you can get some benefits from them. Some of them uh, will give out airline miles. Some of them give you reward points that you can cash in later. And and yeah, I know those reward points. They're not like a dollar for dollar type thing. But if you're using that card anyway, it's it's basically like free money um, because you're spending that money anyway. And if you get reward points and later you can get a DVD player or something like that where you don't have to lay out any of your cash, that's a good deal. You know, they can make your life more convenient and having one and using it responsibly can give you more options. And it's always good to have more options. Now let's look at one last thing that Howard said in his email and that is that we depend on credit cards way too much. And he's 100% right. Many people depend on and they have to have that card to make ends meet. Again, that card should be something that can make your life easier and not become a 900-pound gorilla hanging around your neck. Um, oh, you know, and one other thing, uh, we, we talked about you know, trying to have an emergency fund or a savings fund. And the common wisdom used to be to have a minimum of three months. Now, I think you should probably have a minimum of about six months saved up to where if you were laid off your job, you um, are able to pay all your bills. You're able to keep the power on, keep the heat on. You're able to buy groceries, do everything that you can do regularly over the next six months. Ideally, you should have that much money saved up for a year. Now, you could say, well, that'd be a, you know, that's going to be a shitload of money if I have to pay my mortgage and pay my car payments and pay my groceries and pay my credit cards. And that's the point. The whole point, again, is if you don't have a car payment, if you don't have any credit card debt, if you don't have a mortgage, if you've paid all that stuff off, if you lose your job, it's not that big a deal. It's not going to be the thing that where you're going to wind out on the street the next month because you're living paycheck to paycheck because you've got so much debt that you're saddled with. So if you have no debt and all you have to do is pay your utilities, so you don't have a mortgage, don't have a car payment, you don't have any credit card debt, all you have to do is pay your utilities, so power and water, and you know, it comes with trash pickup and all that other stuff too. And buy food. What you can do is you can look at, and again, this is going to go into something that, that we're going to talk about later, but you should have probably, again, a minimum 
a minimum of about three months. Whatever your minimum savings is as far as the money that you're going to put aside to pay your bills, you need to match that with food. You should have a minimum of about three months of food stored up. So that in the worst case scenario, you lose your job, you're out looking for another one, you've got, and we'll go for the minimum, uh, three months of um, money that you can use to, to pay off your bills. You've also got three months of food stored up that you can eat. So if you do that and use that food, again, your cost of living, the money that you got to lay out to live every day, goes way, way down. But again, we'll talk about maybe stooge, uh, excuse me, stooge. We'll talk about food storage and some other stuff a little bit later on another show. Uh, that's going to be, oh, um, one other thing. I think last week I talked about the coupon challenge, or a couple weeks ago. Uh, man, with the holidays and everything else coming in, I just did not have the time to get sit down and actually record the show like I wanted to. But anyway, the um, the coupon challenge that I talked about last time, I have been keeping a running total, and I've been taking the money that I would have spent and putting it in. I've got basically a small little uh, a jar that I keep the money in. And so far, just in the last couple of weeks, I've actually put $12 in there. So again, it doesn't do you any good just to kind of keep a running a running total of it. You need to actually, for this to work and to have a real good impact on you, you need to actually have that money or that change or whatever and put it in that jar so that at the end of the month or the end of the year, you can look at that and say, hey, look how much stuff I got in here. So anyway, the coupon thing is still working for me. Like I said, I think I've, I've got $12. I've actually got $12 in there um, from what I've saved. It's time to bring out my pimp hand. As I said before, I've been invited by Alex Haddix of the Practical Defense Podcast to do a, a small segment on his show. It'll be about three to five minutes long. I've already done one for him, and uh, if he and if it doesn't get too much hate mail, if people don't say, "Man, that guy sucks balls," don't ever have him on your show again, it may turn into a regular thing. Then I would be on his show probably about every other week. Um, also, give a listen to my other podcast, Firearms Cafe, for some Second Amendment issues and philosophies. As I've said on, on past shows, I like all kinds of movies, especially horror movies. And there are uh, tons of good horror movies out there. And I, I also listen to lots of different podcasts. And one of my absolute favorites that I listen to is the Cadaver Lab. I'm going to go ahead and play their promo here. We here at the Cadaver Lab Podcast take horror seriously. We'll tear your soul apart. Some people lose their faith because heaven shows them too little. But how many people lose their faith because heaven shows them too much? You'll never grow old, Michael, and you'll never die. But you must be. Klaatu Verata. Maybe a uh, daily kick in the balls or something. Hey, like that's that. cool, man. So Holy that's... damn it, I've got gingivitis. <laughs> it's kind of like a vampire boner. I would kill to be a tight leather suit. Everything you've ever learned about freestyle orifice probing, you learned from me. Oh, this definitely gets an all time. For more information, visit cadaverlab.com or search for us on iTunes. So that gives you a little taste of what Mike and Sam do over at the Cadaver Lab. I also like James from the Dried Blood Podcast. There's a whole bunch of others. Um, one of them that I've been meaning to mention and kind of had forgotten, if you like B-movies, so you like a lot of the movies from the 40s and 50s and 60s, and, or just B-movies in general, from the 70s, all that stuff, 
If you like B-movies, the absolute best podcast out there is called B-Movie Cast. And this is hosted by a guy, uh, Vince Rotolo. And then, uh, well, I guess not too recently, but as of late, he's been having a co-host. He started out, it was just him. But he's got a co-host now, Nick Brown. And uh, they, they have a real good rapport. And uh, it's real entertaining, lots of information. Um, with Vince, he's right now he's been working a lot, so he's not able to put out a bunch of podcasts, but he's got tons of back ones. So if you're brand new, you can get caught up on a lot of his old stuff. So, and then I'll try and get I'm going to try and get a um, I don't know if he's got a promo or not, but I'll get one. I'm going to try and get one from James and also one from uh, from Vince. Let's take a good look at the Safe Packer, and this is from Wilderness Tactical. And we're going to use the criteria that I talked about on the last show. I have the larger size, and it's called the government model. You can go to their website, and you can see what I'm reviewing. And they have video on their website, and you can kind of look at all the different things that, that they are going to do. But I have the government model, and that's what I'm reviewing today. Like I said, I know there are smaller models, but I don't have those. If this is your first time listening to the Armed Ape, the criteria for our reviews is that we're going to look at what was this thing designed to do, how well does it do it, what is bad about it, or what are the cons about it, what are some modifications that we'd like to see made by the manufacturer, and lastly, what are the modifications that I did, if any, and if I did do a modification to it, did it make it better or did it fuck it up? So, the first question is, what was it designed to do? In looking at their website, they call it a holster. However, when I when I think of what it is really designed to be and designed to do, is that it's designed to be a way to carry a firearm in your hand without the public knowing that you're armed. It's it's also got a, a secondary design in that it's a multi-use case. So as a holster, how well does it function? It does okay. Uh, if using it strictly as a holster, you have to think of it as a flap holster. So like the old, uh, you'd see in the old westerns, the the cavalry officer would have the, the flap over his pistol so it didn't fly out when he was riding on the horse. But because it's a flap holster, it's very secure. The gun's going to be kept clean and it's going to be kept dry. So if you're out tramping around out in the woods or out in the wilderness, it's not going to get wet. It's not going to get lots of dirt all over it. Uh, it's not going to get dusty. Also, there's no way for you to access the trigger by accident. So the chance for a negligent discharge is almost zero. Um, the vast majority of people, when they look at it, they're going to have no idea what you have inside. And they're going to see it as a man purse. Some of the cons of it is that it's it's big and bulky. It's slower to access the gun. Uh, again, if we're carrying it, if we're comparing it as a holster. If you're carrying the full size gun inside it and you're not using a type of a carry strap, but are just holding it in your hand, it gets heavy. And the reason I say that is because it doesn't come with a carry strap. So we're not going to talk about like the accessories that you can get for it. We're just talking about as it comes like off the shelf. Um, I'm also not a big fan of how it attaches to your belt if you're going to carry it that way. 
it sits a little high for me and it's still and it's a little awkward if you're having it on your belt to unlatch it and get in also if you're holding it in your hand there's a specific way to carry it to be able to access the gun quickly and if you're not paying attention you can get that mixed up so it requires a lot of practice to become competent with getting to the gun and because it's not attached to you so if you're not using it on on your belt you haven't put it on your belt it's what is considered to be off-body carry and that's basically what that means is you would carry the gun in a um, something that's not attached directly to you so a briefcase or a purse a fanny pack that type of thing you, you can't put it down and walk away from it so if you're at a restaurant you can't lay that thing on the table even though maybe nobody would know what it is you can't just put that thing on the table and go up and get your refill. You've got to take it with you and carry it with you. And that can and that can look a little odd. Now, again, with the size of it, it is kind of conspicuous. It, it's a little bit bigger. And like I said, it, so it does draw a little bit of attention. But most people out there just go through life with their head down anyway. So they're probably not going to really notice anything. As far as mods from the company, I don't see too much that they could do to make it better. And again, this is as a holster. The only change that I actually did to it, if you want to even call it a modification, it comes with a little carabiner clip where you can, uh, where you would normally maybe attach a strap to. And I took that one off. It was kind of a small, kind of cheapy one. And I just put one on that I had laying around that was more robust. And solely as a holster, if we're going to rate it, it rates is okay. Not the greatest, not the worst. There's There are lots of better holsters out there if you're looking for something purely as a holster. Now, earlier I said that it was designed secondarily as a multi-use case, as, excuse me, as a multi-use case. And that's what I think of this as. And, and there is one aspect of that multi-use case or that multi-function type thing where it shines for me. But let's, let's talk about some of the other things first. It can be used as a, uh, a small case to go to and from the gun range. So you could, uh, it could also be placed around the seat belt, uh, around the belt that comes across your chest. You can undo the Velcro and slap it on that way. Uh, and again, it does these things pretty well. You know, it does those things okay. But if you're trying to use it as a range bag, it's really too small to carry anything other than the gun and one extra magazine if you're using a double stack. So if you have a, um, a magazine that holds, like in a Glock that holds uh, uh, the standard capacity, which would be 17 rounds, the mag is a little bulky. And where you can store it inside the case, you can't really store two. You can do, like in, a, in the case of a 1911, where they've got a single stack where the magazines are actually thin, you can actually do two single stack magazines that way. So as a range bag, you can't really carry a bunch of other stuff with you, so it's not that great. Using it on the seat belt. Now, again, my model is that government model, and it's pretty big and it's pretty bulky. It's hard to get to the gun if you need it real quick. Uh, because it is so big and bulky, you tend to not want to really have it on there, on that seat belt thing. It, it kind of just takes up too much room. Now, where... I think it, ex it where it just excels for me is in what I would call a bed carry. And you, you, you can take the flap and you fold it back 
to where it, it basically is, is forming like a 90 degree angle. And you take that flap and you put it in between the mattress and the box springs. And what this does is it lets you have super quick access to the gun because it's open. It keeps the gun out of sight, so it's not on a nightstand. And it's in a location where not many bad guys expect the gun to be. And even if you, in, in the bright, bright part of day, if you go in there and you kind of look and glance around because you're not expecting a case or a gun to be there, a lot of times you don't even register it. And if you do, you don't, you don't say, oh my God, it's a gun. Um, but especially in a low lights environment. So if someone had broken into your house and was sneaking through your house and you didn't hear them and you kind of wake up and you see them and they're in the room, if they're looking at you and you were to, you know, kind of to reach down and grab it, they, even if they were looking down at what you were reaching for, they're probably not going to think it's a gun. Um, because in a low light environment, for all practical purposes, it pretty much disappears. Uh, but that's where I think that, that thing shines is in in that what I would call that bed carry. Uh, again, most if somebody's bo uh, breaking into your home, a lot of the bad guys know that people keep a gun right on the nightstand if they do. So if I were breaking into a home and I had snuck in and hadn't woken anybody up yet, that's the first place I'm going to look is on that nightstand to see if there's a gun and I'm going to arm myself if I'm not already armed. Or I'll disarm the person that's sleeping. I'll remove that gun from their control. So I think that having it by that bed thing, you know, with that bed for you, you got the flap tucked in there and down there. Again, it's going to give you um, uh, better access to the weapon, and it's going to be uh, allowed to keep it sort of in your sphere of influence, so to speak. So let's talk about overall. Uh, and, and this was kind of an odd first one to do a review on, I guess, because it wasn't. It's not like it's a. Um, a skinning knife where I say well this is designed as a skinning knife and either it does it well or it does it it does it poorly because this thing does have some multiple uses but again I, I think it's kind of like a multi-tool in that it does a lot of things pretty good but it doesn't it doesn't really excel too much at anything so it's not the best really at anything even though I, I think it does really well in the bed carry type deal there's probably something out there that would be a little bit better. Uh, and again, I didn't want to talk about uh, some of the other accessories and things that you can get to it because mine didn't come with that. Um, one thing we should talk about too, I guess, is the the price. I think they're around $60, $70. You know what? Let me. Now's going to be a good time to read the email that I got from Jim. So let me pull that up here real quick. So Jim writes in and he says, I don't have a safe packer, but I can offer that the people at Wilderness Tactical are first rate. I was in there yesterday and needed one of their small items in flat dark earth and they didn't make it in that color. So the owner went and back and made one for me in about 10 minutes. There was a small strap they sell to attach a sling on an AR. Great service. I didn't see a need for a safe packer, but recently talking to a friend who uses it while hunting with a big backpack because you can't hardly carry behind the hip. He attached it uh, to the hip strap of his backpack so it is comfortable and easily available when you come around the corner and you find yourself face to face with representatives of the drug trade. Uh, the downside and reason I don't own one is the price. Uh, it's just a little quarter of pouch for about 70 bucks and then he says I'd pay up to about 40 
and then he he sent me some stuff about an incident that happened to a guy on a on a barracks I had uh, on a previous show I talked about it, being in Montana and was asking if they had mountain lions and bears and stuff like that. So he sends me a deal on that on a guy that came around a corner and got surprised by a bear. A bear tried to attack him and luckily he was able to defend himself because he had a I think he had a 460 464 Casul maybe I can't remember what he had. Anyway, um Luckily, the guy was able to, to shoot the bear and get it to stop. Uh, of course, the bear died. Um, so Jim kind of brings up a good point in that it is pretty pricey. That $70 price tag can be a little high. And because it's not something that maybe you're going to use every single day, the price may scare you off. I've looked on eBay and some other places for them. You don't really find them uh, on eBay as, as much. Um, I, I don't think that... Uh, the people that have them, I think, if they paid the money for them, aren't going to be too willing to let them go for much less than what they paid for them. And they do serve a function. I mean, especially, you know, again, like in a backpacking situation where you could, you've got kind of a flap holster, so it's going to keep the gun clean and dry, keep it from getting dirt and debris in it. You know, it'll serve its purpose. But it, again, it may be a little pricey. Having said that, if you're looking at a quality holster, they're probably for a quality one are going to start around seventy bucks. So, uh, you know, if, if it's what you want, it's going to be worth the price. If it's not something that you don't that you that you see a, a pressing need for, probably going to be a little too much for you. And for me, I wish it was a little less expensive. But since I use it pretty much every day, as again as that bed carry, it's worth the price to me. And it, it may turn out that it's worth the excuse me worth the price if I could talk. One last thing about the safe packer: it does have on the outside flap, so the flap that it it closes down the side of it. It has a a velcro seam, and you can open that seam up, and then it you have an actual inside pocket on that front flap. You can put things like a credit card or maybe a couple of dollars in there. Um, you can put things like your driver's license, identification, things of that nature. You really can't put too much else in there, though, because it will start to get too too bulky, uh, and it may hinder you if you wanted to access the gun quickly. In the summing up of the review on the Safe Packer by Wilderness Tactical, I guess the final question that should be asked is, would I recommend this to you guys as listeners, or would I recommend it to a friend? And I would. I think it's a it's a well-made product. It's not cheaply made. Uh, I think it's something that will last you a long time. Because it will last a long time, and if you'll use it on a regular basis, I think you'll be able to get your money's worth out of it. But it comes with a caveat of that while it can do a lot of things well, it's not the very best, probably, at any one of those things. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the show. If, again, you would like to contact me, please feel free to do so, and you can do that at thearmedape at gmail.com. That's all one word, thearmedape at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you guys. I know uh, and, uh, so far we've been getting some good emails and stuff like that, but we always and I, but they've kind of dried up. And I know part of the reason is because just with the holidays and some of the other things that's been going on, is I haven't been able to put out a show as quick as I wanted to. 
Um, but if you want to do a review, if you want to send, and you can do that either as an MP3 file or you can do that as a uh, as an email, and I'll just read out what you wrote in. And feel free to do it on anything, and also feel free to do it on the Safe Packer. If you have some different views, or if you say, you know, it worked a lot better for me than it than it did for you in this particular aspect, you know, let us know about it. Um, the more information we have, the better off we'll be able to make decisions and and kind of cut through a lot of the BS that's marketing and all that other stuff. Uh, let's see, I think that's going to do it for this show. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to get another one out uh, coming up pretty soon. As far as what I'm going to review next, I don't, I'm not 100% sure, and I don't even know if next show will be a, a, a review show. I may do a review on a movie or a movie that an older movie that I've watched that I liked a lot. So we'll just kind of see what happens. Anyway, I hope you guys are enjoying the show. If you do, like I said, drop me an email, let me know. Uh, if you have a particular product that you would like me to review, um, you know, email me and say, hey, do you happen to have this or have you had any experience with such and such? And then we can kind of go from there. If my monkey scrotum stays strong, I'll be talking to you next week. This guy's got a monkey scrotum and he's bragging about it. I will say good day to you, sir. Oh,